Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the Prophet Jeremiah, Yirmiyahu, 7b. That's the second half of chapter 7. And we will start from verse 16, uh, where we left off last time. Today we're going to study the second half of chapter 7, uh, but stop about three verses before the end, and I'll explain why when we get there. In the first half of the chapter, God, which we just studied, God asked Yirmiyahu, the prophet, to stand in front of the temple and tell the people, don't come in here and pray to me. Don't come in here as if somehow the service and worship in the temple is going to save you if you don't improve yourselves. And God made it clear, what I want from you is not the rituals and the worship and the prayer and the temple. What I want from you is that you should be better people. I want you to be more just, more kind. I want you to be to to establish true justice and take care of the less fortunate among you. Stop lying, stop cheating, stop being corrupt, uh, stop hurting other people, stop oppression. Then you can walk into the temple and pray. But otherwise, the temple is not going to save you. And I will destroy this temple just like I destroyed the the tabernacle at Shiloh before it because of the people's corruption. The building won't save you, the rituals won't save you, and so on. Today continues on that theme and that idea, which is a common one we found throughout the prophets. Um, uh, But uh, just kind of drives home the point a little more. Let's start with verse 16. The Atah and you, God is now talking directly to Yermio, to the prophet himself. Don't start praying and um, and uh, uh, on, on, on behalf of the people. Don't think that what I want from you now is for you to pray to me in order to save them. That's exactly what I'm saying now. I don't want. I don't want prayer now. I want action. Don't start raising your voice in, on their behalf in 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 rina means a song but it means a, a song of prayer utfila and and um supplication on their behalf that's that's not what i want that's not what's going to help the and don't bother me tifkabi means like literally this the prayer that you say to me when you don't improve yourselves if the people aren't if the people are corrupt and then they come to pray the prayer is like Literally being pogea, it's hurting, so to speak. Of course, one can't hurt God, but it's, it's, it, it's painful to him. This, this is, I don't want that kind of prayer. I will not listen to you. If you pray to me, that's not going to help. You need to talk to the people and get them to get their act together. Don't you see, God says in verse 17, what they're doing in the cities of Judah and in the streets of, of, of Jerusalem. Look at what they're doing. How could you pray to me? You, if you can't get them to fix their ways, forget it. Habonim, the, the, the children, milaktim etim, they are collecting wood via avot and the, and the parents, they're lighting up flames via noshim and the women are lashot patsek, they're kneading dough. For what? La'asot kavonim limelechat in order to bake cakes for their for their um and cookies and 
and goodies for the for the Queen of Heaven. The Queen of Heaven was is is a reference to a um, an idol that they were worshiping. They're doing all they're they're making parties in for for for. For idols, for nothing. The things that the things they're doing. This is what they're doing. Look what's going on. And they're pouring libations of wine for other gods. In such a way that 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 it's just getting me angry. And then God says, "Do you really think it makes me angry? Does it hurt me? Of course not. God is God. You can't hurt God, right? Hello, O Sum. It is them. They're hurting themselves. Leman boshes it's it's a it's they're they're and what they're doing is creating a situation where they're themselves their own is 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 a shame is an embarrassment, it's an abomination to themselves. God says yes, I did say they're making me angry, but the point is I'm not doing it for me. God says I I'm God. Well, He doesn't need anything from us, but the people themselves are corrupting themselves. This is what's going on. So why are you praying to me? Don't pray. Lachain. Therefore, this is what you have to do. So says God. behold, My anger and my wrath and my fury is going to be poured out upon this place. on the people, on the animals, on the trees of the field, on the fruits of the land. It will burn and no one is so strong that no one will be able to put out the flames. Um, when there is destruction, unfortunately, as we know, it's not only the people that are guilty that get destroyed. Everything gets destroyed. When the people ruin, the, the, the fields get destroyed, the trees get destroyed, the buildings, the animals, everything loses. This is verse 21. So says God, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. You are, there's two types of sacrifices I mean, there's a lot of categories of sacrifices, but there's two main types. One is an ola. An ola means a burnt offering, which is completely burnt, and no one eats any. It gets completely burnt, you know, first. So it's completely to God, so to speak. Uh, a zevach is a sacrifice which is brought on the altar. Parts of it are burned, and the rest of the animal is eaten, uh, depending which parts, by the priests or by the, um, by the owners of the sacrifice. And um, and in the people's mind, an ola, a burnt offering, is one I'm giving totally to God. It's kind of like a holier thing because I'm giving it all to God. Whereas a zevach is a little bit less holy because only part goes to God and the rest goes to me. Now, the um, God is here saying that I'm not interested in any of that. And he says, Olo sechem, your burnt offerings. Sefu al zivchechem, add them to your... your um, your other sacrifices, just eat all the meat. I'm not interested in meat. God says, I don't need your animals. I don't need these sacrifices. Don't come in here and give me sacrifices. Take the olas, take the zevach, take all the all those carbonate, all of those sacrifices, and just go home and eat the meat because that's not that you're not accomplishing anything by bringing me meat. I don't need it. God says, verse 22, I didn't tell your forefathers, I didn't command them, when I took them out of the land of Egypt, and I gave them the Torah and made them commandments, I didn't tell anything to them about regarding these two, these types of sacrifices, the Ola and the Zevach. 
what did I command you? Verse 23, This is what I told you. Well, this is what I wanted from you. When I took you from Egypt, what did I want? I wanted you to listen to my voice. I wanted you to listen to the lessons that I'm trying to teach you. I wanted to be your God because I wanted to be the source of morality. And you were going to be for me a nation. And what were you going to do? You were going to go on the way and live the path that I was going to command you. I was going to teach you the right path to live. I was supposed to be a way for you to live. In order that it should be good for you. But instead, verse 24, instead you didn't listen. And they, actually here, um, it, I've been saying you, I should have been saying them. And they did not hear because God is speaking to the prophet now, telling him what to tell them. And they did not listen. And they did not turn their ears towards me. And they went and they followed their own ideas, their own uh, 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 counsel. Mo'atza is like a council. They got together and decided they're going to go their own way. And their evil, the paths of the evil designs of their own heart, that's what they did. And instead of Vilolifanim, and then they went backward instead of forward. That coming out of Egypt was supposed to be a huge move forward for mankind, a huge move forward in morality. <clears throat> and instead, <clears throat> they chose to go the wrong way, and they went backward instead of going forward. Limin Hayom, this is verse 25, from the day that your forefathers left the land of Egypt, Ad Hayom until today. There's been constantly more, all this. Corruption, corruption, problems, problems, never moving in the right direction. Obviously, this doesn't mean that it was always bad. We know from the history that, that there, were, there were kings, there were prophets that, that, that moved the people in the right direction, but constantly backsliding, constantly backsliding until it came to the point where Jeremiah, Jeremiah is standing at the end of the first temple period where God sees that it's not going to work anymore. God says, and I sent to you all of my prophets. I sent to you so many messengers to teach you, right? Uh, I sent them to you persistently. Hashkem literally means getting up early, but it means someone who's persistent, someone who's diligent. I diligently and persistently, constantly sent to you. Yom, every day, I sent you more prophets, more messages. I constantly tried to teach you. Verse 26, But they still did not listen. They still did not turn their ears towards me. And they, they uh, literally means they stiffened their necks, means they were stubborn. Each generation was more evil than the generation that preceded them. And God says, I want you to tell them, all of these words. One way of translating these is, and they will not listen to you. I translated, and when they will not listen to you, because it's possible that they'll listen. I want God wants him to tell these words because what he ultimately wants is for them to change their ways. God knows that they're not going to, but of course it's still their choice. So what this really means here is, V'lo and when they don't listen to you, when you call to them, V'lo and they don't answer you, they don't respond, they just ignore you, then V'yomarta alehem, then you will say to them, Zehagoi, this is the nation, Asher Losham Ubekola which did not listen to the voice of God. They did not take any rebuke. Avdoha Amuna, there is no more trustworthiness. The Nikhrasami Pihem. 
it is it is it is um it has been completely cut away from their mouths they don't even speak and and don't even speak in a way where they fake or remember earlier we saw where people even if people say Chayat Hashem, they swear by the name of God, they don't mean it, they're really saying falsehood. Now they don't even bother to speak it anymore, they don't even pretend to be faithful anymore. Now, um, uh, a couple of points here. Uh, one of the obvious questions is that when God took them out of Egypt, He did command them on the laws of sacrifices. Anyone that learned uh, the book of Leviticus, Vayikra, knows that God did tell us all the rules. Of, of the sacrifices. Why did God say that when I took you out of Egypt, I didn't teach you about sacrifices? But the point is actually, it, the question, it just it just slightly scratching beneath the surface, the answer is pretty obvious, and, and most of the commentaries understand it this way. Of course there were rules and sacrifices that God gave, but the point was not the sacrifices or the rituals. The point was that you should be better people. Um, the the idea why sacrifices were given to the people as a method of worshiping God is is a little bit beyond the scope of of today's podcast. But the 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 general idea is is that worship is not a bad thing. Ritual is not a bad thing if it acts as a vehicle to make to help people live better lives and live more kind and just and empathetic lives. But if it acts as a vehicle of, of an attempt to escape responsibility for living a corrupt life, then the rituals become uh, destructive rather than constructive. So prayer is wonderful when it helps you build a relationship with God and it helps you think about how you're living your life and helps you uh, become better and, and be a better person. But prayer, if it becomes an escape hatch where you think you can live a corrupt life and then go into the synagogue or church or wherever and pray and pretend that now you're righteous and then all of a sudden the prayer is going to magically get, get you God's grace, then the prayer becomes something corrupting, something wicked. It becomes a way for you to get away with what the lifestyle that you want to lead rather than the lifestyle that God wants you to lead. And that's really the point here. It doesn't, God doesn't mean that I didn't say anything about rituals. Of course he did. But he means that wasn't the point. The point was that I wanted you to listen to me. So we're going to move on a little bit, learn several, study several more verses together before we leave chapter 7. Verse 29. God now tells, after, after you, Jeremiah, give the people this message, I want you to do the following. Shear your your long hair and throw it on the ground. This is for dramatic effect. Uh, the long hair is the sign of a of a, of a nazir of a nazirite who who um, who accepts upon himself a special level of holiness. So God is saying, shear off the hair and just throw it on the ground. Usi al and I want you to cry on the on the high places. I want you to cry and lament and 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 like really you know get the people's attention scream and about how awful it is remember this is the time people probably think this man's crazy i mean he's shearing off his hair throwing it and he's crying in the streets that what's the big deal here what's going on all right but but i want you to do that in order to try to raise people's attention 
that why should you cry? Because God has has um, has uh, I like the word I see in some of the translations spurned by Yitosh as ever so, and he has um, cast away, thrown away the, the, this generation that has made him angry and upset. Why has he done that? Because the people of Judah have done evil in my eyes, so says God. They have brought their disgusting things into the house. The house that I called my name, they brought disgusting things in there and made it unholy. And what does it mean that they brought unholy things into my house? They were bringing, we kept saying, they were calling out, Hechala Hashem, this is the, the temple of God. They, they're bringing karbonot, they're bringing sacrifices. What on, because the point is that those very sacrifices, those very prayers that are being said, are shikutsim, are disgusting before God when the people don't, don't do them properly because they're not changing their ways, they're not changing their corruption. When a person walks in who's corrupt and prays, yes, that itself, even if the words might sound like the right words, but that itself is disgusting before God. <laughs> and what do they, they then do after doing this in the temple? They go, in verse 31, and they go and build altars of, to, of, of tofet. This is a, uh, a another idol, but an idol particularly... Um, particularly vile and disgusting where people would sacrifice practice human sacrifice and sacrifice their children and where would they do this they would build bamot um, uh, to tovet asher begeven hinom in the galley of ben hinom which is a valley uh, uh, just beneath jerusalem lesrofet to burn their sons and daughters in fire asher lotivisi such things i have never ever god says i have never ever said commanded anyone to do something awful like this. Although also Aliba, I never even imagined, God says, as if, you know, God imagines things, but it never even came to mind. Such such thoughts, such ideas were never even remotely something that I could ever have wanted, God is basically saying. And they're going to do this, this kind of awful sacrifice. This is what they're doing. This is where they're at. Um, now, the... Um, and the in the in the Masoretic text, which is the way the 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 Jewish tradition breaks up the chapters, this is the end of a chapter. Uh, the next three verses are then the beginning of the next chapter. So even though they're still chapter seven, the way the Christians broke up the the chapters, this is I'm going to stop here. And the last three verses of chap of Jeremiah seven are going to be the first three verses in Jeremiah 8 when I read it next time. So thank you for studying Yermio, Jeremiah 7b with me. Looking forward to studying again Jeremiah 8 and continuing to learn the incredibly important lessons that Yermio is teaching.